Hello out there and welcome to the GamecockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GamecockScoop.com on Rivals. I'm Caleb, joined as always by Alan, and uh, <laughs> we're going to try to break down what's uh, been going on in Gamecock country. Um, I kind of hoped that it was going to be a little bit of a quiet weekend and it wasn't. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm... Uh, just to give you a little little background. So Alan's in Columbia. He's on the Daily Beat. Uh, he's at all of our home events and uh, pressers and, and all that stuff. So, you know, that's that's an important element. And that was the first thing that, that whenever I took over the site, that I was like, all right, we got to find our guy. And I'm glad we did. Um, I am <laughs> out in Denver. Um, so yesterday I was trying to like get on the slopes for a little bit yesterday morning. And uh, yeah, uh, on the chairlift, I had to post an update about the offensive coordinator search. Um, so here's what we know. Um, tomorrow at the Board of Trustees meeting, which was already scheduled, uh, they have added an item. Uh, you can find that publicly on the South Carolina University of South Carolina website. I put a link on the Insiders Forum if you want to read the agenda. <laughs> I mean, I don't recommend it. It's a lot of legal-looking jargon. But basically, um, there is a new item uh, for contract approval. Now we have talked about how Shane Beamer, uh, is in line for an extension, but what we really think this contract approval is about is the offensive coordinator position. Um, if you've been paying attention to gamecockscoop.com over the last week, I've been kind of trying to narrate the, the twists and turns of all this. Um, so if you remember last Wednesday night, there was a lot of buzz on Twitter, surrounding Arkansas tight end coach Dowell Loggins. Pretty sure that's how we say his name. Um, Loggins is definitely right. Dowell, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so at that time, we reported that there was a lot of buzz, um, but, you know, we don't really get – we don't report rumors. That's not really – we wouldn't be a very good journalist if we did. Um, as the week sort of led on, it seemed like maybe – that wasn't as close to a done deal as it felt like on Wednesday night. Um, but then by the end of the weekend, we're again sort of feeling like Dowell Loggins is the guy. Um, and uh, with the, the schedule set up for tomorrow, I would expect some official news on that sooner than later. Um, obviously continue to leave all the room for caveats and speculation and, and all that, but that's, that's the information we're operating with right now. And I know that that, uh, scares some of game cognition. If, uh, the meltdown that I witnessed on Twitter, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. um, and look, I, I, I understand why, right? Like there, a lot of people passed around that article that he was, um, ranked as the worst play caller in the NFL uh, one year or whatever. Um, he, if you look at just his like statistics as far as points per game and, and yards and all that, uh, it's not pretty, but I also think some of that a little bit disingenuous. Um, you look at the quarterbacks that he's had. Um, I actually will have a, a full article on this tomorrow. Most likely. Um, it, it's pretty much put together though. Um, if you look look at some of the quarterbacks he's played with, other than Jay Cutler, who he actually led Jay Cutler to have his best year in the uh, NFL um, when he was his quarterbacks coach. Other than Jay Cutler, you, you look at the, the names he worked with, and it's definitely not a who's who of NFL quarterbacks. And, you know, more than 
college even the uh the the pros are very very dependent on having an elite quarterback um so there's that um also i think you know arkansas legitimately uh was looking at him as the the heir apparent to their offensive coordinator position behind kendall bryles um my understanding is he's taken some from that system um the like sort of Baylor style system and uh, is going to kind of combine some of his more pro style elements with that, um, which it seems like, I mean, based on uh, Beamer's previous hire, right. And what he was looking for out of Satterfield's offense and really what made Satterfield's offense work uh, on the back half of the season was that sort of melding of college uh, spread up tempo, um, simplifying the game plan with some of the pro style elements. So I guess all of that to say, give the guy a chance. <laughs> um, there, there yeah. are, uh, and, and, and one more thing I don't want to get lost here. Every indication that we've had is not that like Beamer struck out with other guys and then landed here. Like Loggins was on one of our early hot boards. Um, it's someone that he targeted, uh, you know, you, you can disagree with, <laughs> whether or not he should have been uh, near the top of that list or whatever, but we don't get the impression that he like is at, on option G or anything right now. Um, no, I, 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 it's not so much that. Um, and I do think another point here, if you're talking about Dowell Loggins and kind of, all right, how do you want to feel better about this? I don't know if you mentioned this in what you wrote, but he's had a pretty good year recruiting out of Arkansas um, as tight ends coach there. They've got two, at least rivals rated four-star tight ends in their class this year, um, including their um, fourth highest rated player overall as a tight end. So you don't know how much that translates. You don't know if that is that going to lead to commitments flipping. I definitely don't want to speculate on that, but South Carolina is going to need some tight ends next year, as we talked about last week. Um, and if you've got a guy who can recruit well, um, that maybe that's not what he's here for. You want him to call plays. We can get into that too. Um, but that is part of it. And that is something that Marcus Satterfield had ups and downs with, I guess, if you want to say that on the recruiting front, which you can speak to better than I can. Um, so that, I is, that he was a, yeah, I don't know that he was a major element in a lot of the offensive pieces uh, he recruited other than the quarterbacks, which he actually did have a really good track record recruiting quarterbacks. But we did talk about when Mazio Bennett initially committed Terrible. to C, um, that, you know, maybe some of that would have looked differently if, if Satterfield wasn't the offensive coordinator at that time, um, which we have some news on that too. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like that, the highest rated recruit left on the board for the 2023 class for South Carolina is Nicholas Harbor, who I think they've had good position with throughout. Um, he projects to play tight end. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> can't hurt. Right. Um, we did just get a comment on YouTube from Bobby Tucker. It says Beamer, they're looking for a line coach. Um, I, if I'm translating that, I assume it's just talking about a line. Um, yeah, so obviously uh, Greg Atkins has had some health issues throughout the last two seasons. Um, I think Lonnie Teasley uh, kind of stepped in ab admirably through most of the season, and it wouldn't surprise me if they just kind of go that direction with it. Contracts up at the end of uh, December 31st though Atkins. So it I don't know if that's going to be a 
step away situation, if that's going to be something that gets addressed at this board of trustees meeting tomorrow. Um, but that is a good point. I'm interested to see how that goes. Cause it was him and Satterfield were the two assistant coaches who were up on December 31st. And obviously the Satterfield one's already been taken care of. So that's kind of what's left on the board. Yeah. And we won't be surprised to see a couple more staff changes. We'll obviously keep you in the loop on that on gamecocksgroup.com, but obviously everyone's big, uh, focus over the last week, two weeks has been this offensive coordinator job. Um, Beamer senior. Dude, being your senior, uh, Bobby Bobby Tucker clarified that he's talking about uh, <laughs> Beamer senior. Okay, um, yeah, awesome. So um, back to Dowell Loggins and kind of kind of his impact here. Um, I mean, you had. I think it's good that you're getting a guy in place if it does happen this week, which we tend to think it is. Um, before the early signing period for the 2023 class, which is on the the 21st. Um, we've already seen several of the commitments from this class setting up their signing days. Um, and then you noted that uh, 107.5 The Game uh, reported that uh, Pup Howard is going to sign early and not only sign early, but he's going to go ahead and start practicing with the team. Uh, maybe there's a couple more that'll that'll do that as well. Um, so, I mean, that that's great. Get, get some extra... <laughs> Um, I mean, especially at a position like linebacker, which you're going to need some depth that going into next year, uh, go ahead and get his feet wet. So um, as, as far as we have heard, there's not any there's not a ton of fear of um, current 2023 commitments changing their mind or, or not right here at the last minute. Um, the coaching staff has been on the road for the past two weeks and pretty much every uh, 2023 commit has been seen. I've you know, seen a lot of them kind of post uh, the in-home visits on Twitter. I know uh, Beamer was with Beamer and Torian Gray were with Zabari Sandy the other night. Um, so yeah, that's that's great. Any other like we're gonna have a lot more analysis on uh, logins as we, as we as this continues to unfold or whatever. But any other initial thoughts to this being the guy, if, if we're going to go down that road? Uh, my main kind of thought, and, and again, this maybe this is better served for later in the week, um, and this kind of is an obvious statement, but this better work? You know what I mean? Like This is a difficult one to sell the fan base. This is a – Shane Beamer got up there a week and a half ago and said this is a job people want. This is a job that we're not – it's not like last time. This is a job I've, I've had a lot of people call me about this. This is something everybody – we've heard – we heard crazy, you know, pie in the sky rumors, Garrett Riley, Brian Johnson, right? And if you end up with a tight ends coach from Arkansas who's never called a play in college football, that's fine if that's your guy. But I don't think the fan base in general is going to be patient with this. Maybe I'm wrong, but based on what I'm seeing on boards and stuff, um, it has to work. Like this is on um, that's not going to make a lot of sense to anyone except the guy making the decision. And that opens you up for criticism. And it's kind of a fork in the road for the Shane Beamer era. It's going to go one of two ways. Um, and it's kind of a hard one to sell if it doesn't work, especially given the process and kind of the information we have now. So that's I kind think, of my main big picture thought. I think that's a fair way to put it, right? Um, I think that there is a rosy picture that we can paint and we will we will paint it over the, the next few days because I, I, I do think it's important for people to 
sort of trust the process, um, give the guy a shot, you know, whatever. Um, but I do think there were names out there that uh, bring immediate sort of street cred <laughs> and Loggins is not one of those names. Um, and so, yeah, you very well may have your guy. Um, I'm obviously there's, there's plenty of um, justifiable reasons <laughs> that you make a move like this. Uh, but because of what is publicly associated with his name, because of the meltdown that happened uh, on Wednesday when all of this first was reported, <laughs> it, it does just feel like you're you're kind of in the same situation that you were going into this year, right? Where the second, the first time that you have a bad game, um, the negative Nellies or whatever are going to come out um, and sort of rip into the whole decision, the whole process, and it gets pretty ex existential pretty quickly. Whereas maybe if you get a name, I'm just spitballing a name that just people know right you get a name like phil longo or something who had some ties to beamer was uh in the running the first time around and, and you know we, we've reported on the site it's not like that we think that longo had a offer here and then took the whiskey offer or anything like that uh i really do think dowell loggins is a guy that beamer targeted pretty quickly but um anyway you get a, a name with a little bit more recognition or uh credibility prior to this stop then you're going to be a little bit more forgiving on that first bad game but i think inevitably yeah, you're going to have a bad game and it's going to the target quickly thing just quickly i know there's other stuff we got to get to here but i'm wondering the satterfield thing was it kind of happened at the end it was it was january wasn't it when they when they hired him two years ago um that was well, someone yeah, they, they had Bobo in place, and then right. Bobo kind of left at the last minute. So right. Okay. So it was yeah. someone being where I worked with before they knew each other. Like you could piece it together, and maybe you won't get a straight answer if you ask him. You'll get you'll you'll hear all the right stuff. Whatever. Shane Bieber has never worked with Dowell Loggins. I'm not really sure where this relationship came from. I'm not sure why he pinpointed him as the guy, other than I guess his NFL experience. Maybe that was important to him, but. I'm interested of all the, you know, there's a lot of assistant coaches on a lot of staffs, a lot of guys SEC on the SEC right now. Of all the guys, this could have been why a guy he's never worked with before. What sold him on this is, I guess, kind of my question. Yeah. And maybe you get an answer, maybe you don't. But And, I mean, I can draw the, like, Charlie Day, like, weird <laughs> uh, lines. Um, there are a few. Um, I know that uh, – Dowell Loggins worked on the same staff with Sylvester Kroom, who okay. uh, is a connection that Beamer is pretty close with. Sylvester Kroom gave Beamer his first um, college job. If I'm full time job, yeah, Mississippi yeah, yeah. State in 04, I think. Right. Um, I think I have heard that they have the same agent, but don't quote me on that because I could be wrong there. But because I've I've read so many different names and so many different connections over the last two weeks, but. I want to say that that was true. And I also think that maybe Loggins and um, Justin Stepp worked together at Arkansas. Maybe, perhaps. But again, I've read too many 50 degrees of separation or whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I can't remember uh, every single one. But there are some you know, connections there. But we'll have to 
we'll have to see. Um, all right. We will have plenty more on this in the coming days. Um, I know you kind of have the statistical picture put together of, you know, I guess more of like his Wikipedia entry. Um, and then I'm to like dig into those numbers and both of those articles should be out soon. So check those out on gamecockscoop.com. We got more news, um, player news. So let's go with the facts first. Um, this morning, several sources are reporting that defensive lineman Zach Pickens is uh, declaring for the draft and not playing in the bowl game. This That was a name that we kind of uh, were, had been speculating about second behind Cam Smith pretty much this whole time, depending on how he felt like his draft grade might, might play out. Um, that was at the senior ring ceremony that took place today. Uh, several members of the media on Twitter sort of reported that coming out of that. Um, any initial reaction to that? Get your money, man. I mean, yeah. I think we kind of had a feeling this was coming. Um, that doesn't help for the bowl game, obviously. You're going to need more of Tonka Hemingway. You're going to need more of Alex Huntley, MJ Webb, all those guys. But I, I think we kind of knew this was coming. There's been a couple more things from the ring ceremony since uh, since we started. Um, Marion Brown says he plans to return to school next year and play in the Gator Bowl. That's from the state. And I thought I saw I thought I saw one more here. Um, I know this is great audio here, podcasting. <laughs> Um, yeah, you're good. Um, I saw another senior as well announced that he was coming back, but I can't. Remember I got. I got it here. Josh Van okay. says this is from um, Post and Courier. Josh Van says he wants to play in the Gator Bowl if he's cleared to. Remember, he had that injury in the Clemson game. Um, he says he will be in Jacksonville in any case. But if Josh Van's physically healthy, he's going to play in the bowl game. That's that's your um, other update on the wide receiver group. So probably close to a full you're, you're down tight ends obviously we talked about that on the show last week but if amarian brown's gonna play and van wants to try to give it a go you're pretty close to healthy at receiver at least right yeah the other name i i did see marcellus dial says that he's planning on coming back which we kind of already expected but um yeah he's gonna probably be the guy next year at corner right uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of the heir apparent to uh, the role that Cam Smith and Darius Rush took on this year and played, they both played their way into a decent NFL draft position, we think. So uh, now next man up. Um, The only other speculation that has begun. um, So Marshawn Lloyd yesterday morning, um, scrubbed his sir, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, he took off the South Carolina running back in his bio, which was there before. And then he uh, put out kind of a cryptic tweet that was saying, basically, you got to look out for number one, um, which he is number one. Um, <laughs> and um, I will kind of address something really quick on, on GamecockScoop.com on the Insiders Forum. Uh, a couple of people were like, why is there no news about Marshawn Lloyd? And I'm like, well, like, because there's no I news. Have, I, say, I have the same news as, as you guys do in the sense of even if we have more information, we're not going to like take away someone's moment. We've talked about this with recruiting before, too. Uh, we let people like speak 
for themselves. Um, so whenever Marshawn Lloyd is ready to speak for himself, he can. Um, so this is the direct quote. Again, we're operating in facts here. Uh, 21 hours ago, he posts a picture of himself uh, and says, game ain't based on sympathy. Do what's best for you. Um, now, obviously, that's got people a little concerned. Uh, uh, and I would, I, I guess all I can say is rightfully so. That doesn't mean that he's definitely gone, but, you know, that, that kind of speaks for itself. Um, so that would be a big blow. Um, I think the timing looks bad, but my understanding is if he were to either jump to the NFL or uh, to spend his spend a year somewhere else via the transfer portal, um, it's not like because of the OC speculation or anything like that. Um, but it would be a little that's bit pretty terrible though for yeah, those two things to drop basically back to back yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the timing's not great. Um, and um, we, I would say we're a little surprised at this based on the information that we got last week, which was that he, Radler, and Juice were likely to return. Um, but things are changing pretty, you know, rapidly in this transfer portal era, and people got to do what's I best. For I don't them. know. It's, 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 it, you yeah. kind of just said it was a speculation, but like, let's. I don't want to say he's gone. I don't want to say he's not. I don't know what's going on in Marshawn Lloyd's head. He's a college hit on social media. Let's just wait and see how it goes. But if Marshawn Lloyd is gone, I'm going to say if twice because I don't know and I don't want to get clipped in the wrong context or something. If Marshawn Lloyd isn't here next year and you're already down Christian Beal Smith, he's out of eligibility, you're going to have to portal a running back, right? I mean, again, we kind of had this conversation with the tight ends, but – um, you don't want Juju McDowell as your lead back next year. I don't think he, I don't, we talked about his size and kind of the ways you can get him the ball, but maybe not run him between the tackles 15, 20 times in the SEC. Um, and you're probably not, obviously, Jaheim Bell was your other back, but he's in the portal now too. And you're probably not handing that roll off to a freshman. You don't, I don't think you have a Marcus Lattimore in this recruiting class, um, who could carry that load immediately. So you're, again, you're, your options are left for the portal if Floyd is gone, which again, that's that's the new world of college football. It's where we live right now, but um, it does kind of force the issue a little bit. Yeah, just to kind of clarify some of that, um, I'm trying to actually also pull up. We have an uh, there's an official visitor next week. A running back Henry is his last name, and I can't remember his first name right now. I was trying to get it pulled up. Um, but I'll have I'm, I'm I'm doing the weekly recruiting wrap up uh, today or tomorrow, so I'll have info on that. So there is a JUCO running back coming in for an official visit next week, and then you have Dontavious Braswell, who's a four star 2023 kid coming in. Um, he is very speedy, um, but yeah, I don't know that he's a, immediately going to come in and. Uh, garner like 30 carries a game or anything so I, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't land a juco uh fella that they look in the portal or, or even if they do they might still look in the portal. even if you just depth it i mean it's not it didn't exactly work the way they wanted it to um he had some injury problems at the beginning of the year and in the middle too um but christian bill smith was a depth ad he was a grad transfer he was you knew that was a one-year deal last year coming from wake forest i wouldn't be surprised if you ended up with seeing another one of those, although I'd have to kind of scan the portal more and see who's out there and what might fit. Right. 
Um, so yeah, we'll have more on the Lloyd stuff again. Re like listen to that last section as pure speculation um, based on what everyone else is seeing publicly. Um, but yeah, he hasn't officially entered his name into the portal. None of that stuff. So uh, we're going to report the facts always. Sorry. Uh, if you want speculation, go to Twitter and get led in 15 different directions like that Dan <laughs> Mullen's coming to South Carolina. That's, that's fine. Do whatever you got to do. Um, all right. Any other player slash football news that we didn't just hit on? Um, I mean, there's... Oh, well, here's here's a fun one. This is a recruiting note. Uh, over the weekend, I believe it was Friday at this point, um, Mazio Bennett decommitted from Tennessee. Uh, we kind of were hinting at some of that last week when we were talking about um, Beamer and Step visiting him and that the door seemed like it was opening back up, all that sort of stuff. Um, he will obviously be affected by whoever the next offensive coordinator is. So we'll try to get some reaction on that from him. Um, try to get some reaction from the other 2024 um, offensive piece that we already know about, which is Dante Reno, who's you know always uh, a joy to talk to. And yeah, we'll start to kind of piece this together and see what the immediate impact of a potential Dowell Loggins hire is looking like. Um, but yeah, obviously got to feel good if you're South Carolina who led pretty much throughout this entire process for Mazio Bennett, and now he's decommitted from Tennessee. Um, I will say I put in a future cast for him in South Carolina again uh, once it reopened. So you're feeling we'll, confident, yeah? Feeling pretty good, um, for sure. Um, let's see. Let's talk. Are we done with football? Anything else football that you wanted to talk about? I think that just about – do we hit the Notre Dame players that um, Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer are out for the Gator Bowl? I don't know if we talked about that last week. The last week's been a blur. But, yeah, Notre Dame's leading pass um, target, you know, tight end, first-round pick, and their leading defensive end, who was fourth in the country in sacks, are both out of the Gator Bowl too. So it's not just Zach Pickett. It's not just Cam Smith. Both sides are going to be down a couple, and we're now um, – what are we now? 18 days from the Gator Bowl? I can do math. 18 days away. So just keep an eye on that. And if anyone else for either side opts out, but that's kind of my only other football note that I don't think we talked about last week. Right. And we're already starting to break that game on GameClassGroup.com. I know you wrote an initial look yesterday. Um, Steven did kind of a fun historical look at uh, South Carolina's past Gator Bowl matchups. Um, for those of you that don't know, South Carolina played in the very first Gator Bowl mm -hmm. uh, against Wake Forest. That was a loss. And in fact, South Carolina has played in four Gator Bowls and they're four. Yep. four. Um, so looking for their first Gator Bowl win against Notre Dame. But like you said, those pieces uh, being out definitely, definitely help. And we already talked about uh, Notre Dame quarterback. Um, Drew Pine. Drew Pine. That's his name. Uh, is also not going to be playing in the bowl because he has entered the transfer portal. portal. Yep. Um, and I've got one other piece of, we'll have more, but one big piece of Notre Dame related content that I think some of y'all are going to like that I don't know when it's dropping yet, but it'll be at some point before the bowl game. So keep an eye on that. Um, and then the other thing that happened this weekend was some basketball came back around. So they they took their week off for finals week and everything. And then there was a double header at Colonial Life Arena yesterday. You were there for both games. Um, what, what were your takeaways from 
both the men's and women's games yesterday. Going to start with the game that was closer. That was the men's game, even though it was second on the board. That was um, that got kind of squirrely in the second half. They're playing a two and eight Presbyterian team. Jump out to a fifteen point lead. It's kind of a carryover from the second half of that Georgetown game. Gigi Jackson aggressive, creating his own looks. He scored. It was seven of the first fourteen. I think he had. I don't remember how many he had at halftime, but he was in double figures. Um, they led by as many as fifteen. It looked like it was going to be a straightforward day. But it never is. Presbyterian came back. Um, some defensive breakdowns at the end of the first half that Lamont Paris was not happy about. Um, Presbyterian actually takes the lead with about 12 minutes to go. And then South Carolina goes on a 14-0 run in the second half to pretty much put the game on ice. A um, couple of big plays from Hayden Brown in there. He had one poster dug. I don't know if you – did you watch yesterday? Have you seen the highlights? I, I, I saw the highlights, yeah. Hayden Brown caught a body. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, that was kind of a big momentum-shifting play. Uh, Michi Johnson hit a three in that run. Um, I think kind of what you – I think two things I took from that game. They won 68-57, by the way. That was the finals. They're now 5-4 and four on the season. Um, you learned, again, this team does have some resilience. It was out, you know, after the George Washington loss. How are they going to respond? All right, you go out and you beat Georgetown. Um, all right, you let Presbyterian have an 18-point swing. They went from down 15 to up three. How are you going to respond in the middle of a game where you have to just flip the switch quick? 14-0 run, put the game away. Um, developing toughness, developing resilience, that's kind of a good sign here um, and what we think is going to be a bit of a struggle this year. And then the big three. We've said it before, but those three are going to have to go if this team's going to do anything and Michi Johnson, Hayden Brown, Gigi Jackson combined for 48 out of the 68 points yesterday for South Carolina. Um, and that's what it's going to have to be. So if, if one of those three is not firing, it's going to be hard for this team to do anything. But you get a game like yesterday when all three are playing well. Um, Brown has some first half struggles, but he came around in the second half. Yeah, he might be able to surprise some people, but that's kind of what I took from the men's game. I don't know if you caught anything from the highlights or the updates or whatever, but... I mean, I, I, mine's more of like an overarching take, take which is just that Gigi Jackson is impressive, right? Like he's uh, yeah. now, what is that, nine games, nine straight games of him scoring in double digits to start his college collegiate career. Um, I mean, enjoy it while you have it because you're only going to get one season of this. So. He's I, the confidence part just looks so much more apparent to me. There's a couple of possessions yesterday where he's taking guys off the dribble. He's going to the hoop himself. Um, he hit two threes, I think, yesterday, um, which is not something he was spotting up and doing as much early in the season. Um, I think he's feeling better about his shot. Um, you can see him, like, you can see the gears turning kind of with every game a little bit more, and that's pretty fun to watch. Um, and then on the women's side, they played Liberty. They won 88 to 39. Aaliyah Boston celebrated her 21st birthday with 13 points. The whole crowd sang her happy birthday after the game. Dawn Taylor joked they could do that again next year if she wants to come back, which was pretty funny after the game. <laughs> um, they are 9-0 now. Um, Zaya Cook scores 20 yesterday. It's the first time a player has hit 20 this year. Business as usual. And they will be at South Dakota State for a nice, I'm sure, warm trip to Sioux Falls, South Dakota in the middle of December on Thursday. <laughs> And the men will be at UAB on Wednesday. So we got two road games here midweek before um, they're both back in the state of South Carolina next weekend. Yeah, and we will have uh, full coverage of all of that on GamecockScoop.com. I know I'm doing the men's game on Wednesday. That's going to be tough. Remember. On the yeah. road, UAB's 
pretty good. They got um, the former Ole Miss coaches there, right? Kennedy is he he's at UAB now? Andy yeah. Kennedy. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough game. That's um, especially on the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, again, you're just looking for Gigi Jackson to continue to develop. Um, we talked about how in the Georgetown game, the second half of that game, it felt like a flip, uh, or a switch kind of flipped. Um, not, I mean, he, again, he's been great throughout the season. He's been scoring in double digits <laughs> since his first game. Um, but just the, the confidence that you mentioned, um, it, it seems like there's been this, switch flipped that uh he can dominate at this level and the games it felt like you know he's one of the better players on this on the floor still and all but now i think he like truly believes like oh i'm one of the best college basketball players and he is so far so yeah it's just the, the ability to take to square up a defender take it up put the ball on the deck go around him and score which obviously he can do he can physically do that but it's more just having the confidence to do that and he said we did that a few times yesterday. Yep. Um, all right. That's most of the like news that we have. We're definitely going to be back here uh, later in the week once there's some, uh, once we think uh, there's something more official to talk about with the offensive coordinator stuff. Um, be nice, guys. You know, find <laughs> find some joy, um, and also just like. I hate to use the cliche or whatever, but like trust the process. Like we don't, we don't know that things are going to go terribly. Um, and it's just nicer to be a little bit optimistic. I don't know. Glass half full. And again, <laughs> I, I can't emphasize this enough. I, this was not a scramble end up with a guy that you don't want sort of scenario. This is a, you went out and got your guy. Uh, you can disagree with, the rationale or, or whatever, but went out and got your guy um, and a guy that was likely to be a offensive coordinator in the SEC one way or another in the next year or two. Um, right. So, you know, maybe you would have preferred someone else uh, to take on that experiment, but here you go. Yeah, then that's that's your fork in the road. That's what it's going to be. If uh, this really is your guy and you're this confident in it, then it's got to work. <laughs> And we're going to see over the next year, two years, however many years, if that's what it is. Yeah. And um, the thing that I've been most impressed by throughout the, the Beamer era thus far is the ability for him in particular, Shane Beamer, uh, to motivate and to get people on the same page, um, to keep the narrative good and running in the right direction, right? Like there's been several times where it felt like we were slipping into a doom and gloom. I believe those are the words that he, he used, right? Um, mm -hmm. You think back to year one, uh, after you lose at Missouri, it seems like there's no way you're making a bowl. Um, get everyone back on the same page, runoff wins against Florida and Auburn and kind of ride that ship. Um, and then this year, right? Like same, I mean, same situation, Missouri and Florida back to back. Um, really tough uh losses but then you have two of the best wins in south carolina football history back to back uh, two top 10 wins um and a lot of that is mindset and, and and narrative and all of that now obviously you still need the players and you still need the scheme and and, and all of that but uh i don't know have a little have a little faith <laughs> 
All right. Uh, we will have more on GameCastCube.com in the coming days. Uh, a lot of written content on the offensive coordinator search, on recruiting, on everything that's happening. Bowl game, uh, the transfer portal. Uh, it's 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 a madhouse right now. Um, and then we'll be back here later in the week to talk via the podcast on all of that. But, uh, until next time, this has been the GameCockScoop.com podcast. We'll see you later.